0: This episode of the podcast is brought to you by a small child being a complete dick to you, but you not being able to say anything because then you look like
1: the asshole. Oh, that happens to me so often. Come play with us, Danny. Forever. And ever. And ever. And ever.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Roll the Credits, the podcast, the only podcast that tried to murder its family with an axe. I am Frank. I am Zach. And today we are doing Stanley Kubrick's
1: The Shining. Finally. Finally. We we told you we were going to do this in a two-part type thing. Did yeah, did we? Well, oh yeah, we did. We did You're Jack right. Torrance, yeah, so yeah, yeah. we got to touch on like his character- in all, And then we also got to touch a little bit on, like, the conspiracy theories. Yeah. With, but now um, we're going
0: full tinfoil hat. Yes. Now, <laughs> <laughs>
1: now we have so many cameras outside our windows. <laughs> and um, now we get to finally, like, talk about everything else with the film. Yeah. It's truly incredible. This is an amazing film. And I, I almost... I th- I think back and I know it's not true, but then I almost go back and say this is my favorite Stanley Kubrick film. Ooh, ooh, it's I hard. It's hard. Two thousand one. I know. Two thousand one. It's real good. Doctor Strange Love. Doctor Strange Love. Mm. Real good. It's hard. Full Metal Jacket. Yep. Real good. It's really hard, but part of me wants to be like, Eyes you know what, The hmm
0: Real good. <laughs> <laughs> part has of me Kubrick, wants to be The Shining. Has Kubrick ever made a bad movie? Mm. Probably not. I don't feel Lolita. Like it. Really good. Um, All right, Zach, let's get into everything about this film.
1: All right, so The Shining came out in 1980, directed by Stanley Kubrick. You have Jack Nicholson, who plays Jack Torrance. You have Shelley Duvall, who plays Wendy, his wife danny lloyd who plays danny their son (laughs) yep they they just kind of like throw him in jack you're gonna be jack danny you're gonna be danny (laughs) yep (laughs) you have scatman crothers who plays dick halloran what a good name i know right and then just to throw him in there you have joe turkle who plays lloyd lloyd Mm -hmm. we gotta love lloyd gotta love lloyd that man gets
0: me drunk (laughs) (laughs) i like you lloyd i like you, lloyd (laughs) you're always good to me Uh, And this is a movie about a family that heads to an isolated hotel for a winter where a sinister presence influences the father into violence where his psychic son sees horrific uh, things (laughs) (laughs) Um, from from both the past and the future. Mm -hmm. And the shining the title comes from what Danny kind of refers to as his ability, which is he refers to his ability as being able to shine. Mm -hmm. because...
1: Wasn't that more of Halloran? Well, yeah, Halloran kind of, like, tells him, like... Danny just thinks of it as Tony.
0: That is true. Um, And, you know, that's kind of like, okay, your ability to shine and being able to, like, talk to the dead, communicate, you can even communicate with other people who can shine. Mm -hmm. Um, And, obviously, Stephen King, we probably know this, but Stephen King famously, like, hates this version of his film. To the point that Um, he
1: made a... An awful, an A horrible (laughs) TV movie... (laughs) rendition of it and it is it is absolutely terrible but that's the thing though it's it's fucking it's acclaimed for who saw it like critic wise it did really well yeah but people actually going to see it hated it yeah even though it's a true adaptation to it's a true adaptation
0: that's the thing right like cooper took a lot of liberties really changed it and made it his own movie Mm. and i mean jack i mean basically the main reason as to why uh stephen king hates it so much is because uh he changed Jack so much Jack mm-hmm. in the I, I, in the book is much more like has a lot more like redeemable qualities to him and it's kind of like him trying to fight the insanity and then ends up like kind of like saving he ends up like blowing up the hotel and, <laughs> and like saving his family and in Kubrick's movie, it's much darker where it's like uh, he's gonna try to kill the family and and he ends up just dying there and the hotel stays um So it's it's a lot different, but I mean you cannot deny. That this is such a fucking great film. Like, I understand. Like, okay, he changed some shit, but like to deny the fact that it's not an amazing fucking movie. Yeah. You know, he's just
1: pissed. He's just pissed. He's just mad. Shut because- up, Stephen King. <laughs> Go write mad-
0: fucking Pet Cemetery sixteen. I don't care. I <laughs> want <laughs>
1: <on> Christine too. <laughs> yeah. Did he do Cujo? Cool don't care. He did Make it.
0: <laughs> fucking dickhead. I know. Um, but anyway. I, also, my favorite thing about Stephen King is that he looks like a who from Whoville. I don't know if you. You Do you know what Stephen King looks like? I do know He looks like a fucking who from Whoville. There was
1: one movie that like he was a part of that. It, it was one of his books and I forgot what it was, but he was like this hillbilly guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just got like this doopy face on him, <laughs> and I was like,
0: "Hello, Stephen King." He's <laughs> like, "Wow, that's what a lot of cocaine does, huh?" Because <laughs> he did a lot of cocaine yeah. back in his day.
1: But you know what? He wrote some great books. He did it. write
0: some really, really good books and, he and just pumped and, them out. Yeah, because of all that cocaine. So anyway, that's my recommendation: is a lot of cocaine. <laughs> a lot of cocaine. <laughs> Stephen King
1: is the adult version of R.L. Stein. Yeah. Fight me. <laughs>
0: Um, because R.L. Stein is a child. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, no, but like he writes child stuff.
1: <laughs> All right, let's get Anyways, into it. Um, the Shining. The Shining. Amazing. G- Incredible. From the beginning, yeah. you are already put on an unease feeling from that helicopter style shot, yeah, and just like that eerie music that like plays throughout the film. Mm-hmm. You you really get the sense from there that shit's gonna happen yeah and i think like the best thing that like stanley kubrick did for this was the score for the film Mm -hmm. like he really created this music that even in such mundane shots like specifically when wendy danny and jack are finally like going up to the hotel like Mm -hmm. that scene of just them driving and like talking yeah you have like it's starting out slow and then it's swelling it's like and like building. building. Yeah. And even from just like a normal conversation of like, Oh, what are we going to do there? You're already it's put like it, just tense. Yeah. You're already like, Oh my God. Uh, yeah. And we talked about this, the last one where it's like, even from that scene, you can already tell like Jack has a real problem with like anger. And he's just like, even from that point, he looks ready to just let it yeah, out. Yeah. He's very hot headed and, Im- and
0: just ready to fucking like fight anybody. And you have a man going into this fucking place of isolation, which is like the last thing that this guy needs because yeah. he's just going to be in his thoughts. And, and you know, like, in my opinion, this is the greatest version. This is the greatest version of watching a character go into madness. Like yes. last week we did the Duck where... You know, it's like she's going insane, and and all and all that. But like this movie
1: is just—it's a whole other breed. And for it to be that it came out
0: in the 40, 80s yeah, like yeah.
1: forty years ago, yeah, and still have this longevity where it's like it's still regarded as like one of the very best. Mm-hmm. And it—it's just so crazy. Like <laughs> this movie is so fucking nuts. Yeah. Because I, you see like everything slowly building. Yeah. This it, is not a short film. No. But by they no really means. take their time in this. Like yeah. Stanley Kubrick did a fantastic job. And then we have like where it's been heavily documented of Shelley Duval and Jack and, Nicholson where he made them do like the same mundane like shot over thirty and times over, and over. over.
0: Yeah. And you know, I mean Kubrick also, famously, like abused Shelley Duvall yes. like in the filmmaking, in in you know the making of this movie. And look, do I agree with it? No. no. But did we get a great did, performance? Do you out get of her? a fucking incredible performance and an amazing film from it? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what you. I don't know. There, <laughs> it, I don't. I don't know what
1: scale we're tipping. Yeah, at yeah here. It's just,
0: you know what I mean. It's mm-hmm. just like you. You would. It, the movie would not have been the same mm-hmm. if he wasn't. The way that he was towards her,
1: yeah. Because even so, like everything that she does is so timid. Where it's like you can almost tell that Shelly Duvall is scared to say her own lines. Yeah, exactly. For fear that Stanley Kubrick is gonna stop it and then like yeah. just berate her. Yeah. But it also creates this character where she is so fearful of everything that's going on mm-hmm. and so worried to try and like please. Yeah. And when you have like this small group of just really three characters and that's who you're focusing on, yep. you really have to create characters that one you sympathize with and two that you actually care about. Mm-hmm. Like you have to actually be like, well I, I actually want to see what happens to this character. yeah. Cause so many times in horror films, especially slasher films, they're just you, disposable bodies. Yeah, you just don't care. Yeah. And you only really get one death in this film. Well, two. Two I, deaths. Yeah, yeah, two deaths. Mm-hmm. But you only get two deaths in this film. Yeah. So to create a two and a half hour movie of just building madness and terrifying you every corner, basically. Yeah. But you don't have deaths. That's, that's truly horror. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's really incredible
0: filmmaking. I think that, uh, you know, it, and it's really interesting because te- from a technical standpoint, this movie actually might be Kubrick's worst, but it's done purposefully. Yeah. Like, a, a, there's a lot of continuity issues, like a, so many continuity issues, and Kubrick is, like, notorious for, like everything in his movie being
1: so perfect specifically the layout of the hotel the, and again there's, there's this whole thing where it's like people have mapped out how the hotel looks and it really it doesn't, doesn't make any it doesn't, sense it doesn't, it doesn't fucking match yeah. anything. and a part of me wants to believe that he did that on purpose yeah to disorient exactly us. that's
0: the whole point yeah but like Again, like tons of continuity issues, things, things that being in scenes and then all of a sudden just disappearing and then coming back, things not being in the same place that they were. Uh, and even like from the opening shot, like what you, what, what, uh, like what you were saying with like the helicopter, mm-hmm. you can literally see the shadow of the helicopter. Yeah. <laughs> and like, again, it's all done on purpose. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like this was kind of Kubrick in a way mocking not the audience but like
1: filmmaking maybe at its
0: time maybe not maybe i don't know like there's just this insane like i think it was just kubrick fully giving himself to the insanity of it Mm -hmm. you know and it's like where this isn't going to be like technically perfect like yeah. we're just going to like do
1: we're just going to do it but like, then at the same time too you have like such technical pieces throughout oh my the god time. there's
0: the the filmmaking though at the same time is also just incredible mm-hmm. i mean some of the shots are absolutely like you know my my personal favorite scene of the entire movie is when Jack sits down in the gold room and Lloyd is there, mm-hmm. and, when, and when he goes there, it's just empty, and then all of a sudden, he sits down at the bar, and then Lloyd's back there, and the entire bar is filled with all the alcohol, and they're just having that conversation. Yeah. I mean, it's so
1: good. My favorite is... Um, the blood elevator. <laughs> the blood elevator is fantastic. The blood elevator is really it's, <laughs> it's really great. One of my yeah. favorite scenes in the film is with Danny riding his tricycle.
0: Oh, so, so fucking classic.
1: So... You get it three times? Yeah. I think you get three times of him riding his tricycle. And the way that they basically did it where it's literally just, we're going to take a stationary camera, we're going to literally just kind of like hunch down and follow him. Yeah. But the sound choice of it too, where it's like him riding on the hardwood floor and then quiet from being on carpet and then immediately back to hardwood floor. Yeah. It it has no music, no yeah. no soundtrack to it at that point but you still feel like this eerie feeling mm-hmm. and you build it up where it's like you know he's just riding around his trike and like the first time is just him riding around and then the second time he notices the room 237 yeah and then the third time you get that classic shot of him turning the corner and, the two, and there's and the, the two girls yeah and what what a fantastic way to using the camera of staying on them Mm -hmm. for like a good ten seconds. Yeah. And then just that zoom in close shot of Danny. Yep. And just seeing the fear on his face before going back to the girls. And then they're like the
0: flashes of them being murdered you know, with the axe, because that story is told when Jack is getting the job. Yeah. He's like, you know, he's like, you know, this guy went in like, you know, it was Grady or Grady, Grady, right? It's like, you know, like the Grady twin, this guy like went out there and and ended up like slaughtering his whole family with an axe. And those are the Grady twins. Mm -hmm. And, And you get to see like, the damage that was done there and danny's just like looking at it but then danny has that really interesting moment where he has tony come up right there's little yes. finger and then he's, he he remembers what uh what's his name told him and Halloran. he's like holleran tells him and he's like it's just pictures in a book yeah like they can't actually like touch you mm-hmm. but we then learned that no that's not true yeah, like they can actually they, they, they can touch you a lot yeah, because <laughs> when he
1: goes into room 237 yeah
0: you don't know what happens there. You don't, no. you don't, exi- you don't really need to. You don't need to, but when fucking Jack goes in, <laughs> what a girl. Oh my God. Yes. And for me, that is like the, I think for me, that's when. I would make the argument that Jack is fully given himself to the hotel. Like I feel Absolutely. like I think that was like the hotel enticing him in and bringing him and bringing him mm-hmm. to that place where it's that beautiful woman in the tub and she's nude and Jack immediately she's like I'm gonna cheat on my wife. Like this is this is great yeah. and and then when when they kiss. You get that amazing shot of her back, and, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden it's just not this beautiful woman anymore, and it's this old, heavier set woman, and her and her, and her body is like fucking decaying, uh, decaying, and decaying. Like just falling apart. And then and then Jack, like you know, seeing her and freaking out. I mean, that is fucking scary.
1: Yes, <laughs> it's, it's terrible. And then I I want to say like when. Jack goes the second time to the gold room and that's when like all the, the people are there. there. It's I think so fucking I good. think that's when he fully, fully gives himself to like the madness yeah. and understands because that's when Grady tells him like, you know, you got to kill him.
0: Right. And the thing is, that's not even the same Grady. No. That's a different Grady mm-hmm. than the story. That's not the guy who killed his kids. That's another Grady.
1: Yeah. Cause there's Charles Grady. And then I forgot what this one's name yeah, was, but his, his last name is still Grady. Yeah. And then Jack is like getting him like
0: confused. Mm-hmm. And then you have that really interesting conversation between them where he's like, you've always been the caretaker here. Like, like, no. And, you yeah. know, and Jack is like t- like getting confused and he's like, you killed your kids. And he's like, I didn't kill my kids and all that, you know. And then Grady starts telling him, like, you got to punish your family and convincing him that he needs to then murder his family. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, all of these spirits are like pushing him to murder his family. And you got you, you have to wonder why. Like, yeah. why is it that they want all of this death here?
1: Yeah, I mean, we kind of touched on it a little bit in the Jack Torrance one. Yeah. But I mean, like, it because it's not like a, no, wait, they did say it's an Indian burial it's an iri- ground. It's an Indian yeah, burial so-
0: ground. It's very, you know, it, you know, they didn't remove whatever. Like, it, it's just very much like, okay, you guys built on sacred land. It's just vengeful spirit type. I stuff. guess, yeah. It's just like, all right, you guys, because you know there is the there is that one theory that I kind of buy into a little bit more than all the other crazy, whacked out ones, which is like Kubrick's commentary on white Americans coming in and taking over the Native Americans' land, and yeah, like the that's kind of yeah, them. and like that's kind of like what this movie. There is like that aspect of it because yeah. there is a lot of like Native American memorabilia and like stuff like going on in the movie so it's like okay I can buy
1: into that one for sure even the patterns on like the carpet yeah all very reminiscent of Native American
0: that you have like the the when he's like locked in the freezer or the Mm. cooler and there's like all of the cans of food and it's like the you know the The coffee cans yeah yeah and it's just okay I can buy into that one for sure so yeah I guess you're right I guess it's kind of just them getting back, yeah. I guess
1: <laughs> I want. I want. I said this in the last time too. I want to believe in the moon landing one. Yeah, but I, I just, do too. I just there's not enough. Yeah, to support it to yeah. me. But absolutely with the Native American burial yeah. ground, like I I completely understand that one, and it just seems that like they are taking revenge for what has come of them. Yeah, like you build this massive hotel that more or less, is for rich white people. Mm-hmm. And it On top really, of the sacred land. Yeah. yeah. So it really is just like a, a literal punch to the <laughs> face of like, hey, this is what it is. Yeah, yeah. So that I, I can really get behind. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite scenes, though, for pure insanity aspect, is all work and no play makes it's, Jack Adult it's a Boys. scene. It's a classic.
0: Scene. It's so... There are fantastic. so many things in this movie that... This is one of those movies that, if you never seen it, mm-hmm. you almost feel like you have seen it. Yeah, because there are like everybody knows the Grady twins in the hallway. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows Danny riding the tricycle around. Everybody knows the all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. Everybody knows here's Johnny. Mm-hmm. There are so many things in this movie that are just so iconic. Mm-hmm. There's the Simpsons Treehouse of Horror episode of the Shinnin i never seen it. <laughs> it. I never actually watched The, the Simpsons.
1: Older Simpsons is great, yeah. but, I mean, one of my favorite Treehouse of Horror is their Shining parody, which they called The Shinnin, mm-hmm. because Willie's like, shh, you want to get sued? <laughs> <laughs> and, again, like, you know, even if you haven't seen The Shining, you've seen some format yeah. of yep. it. Mm-hmm. So, it's it's insane, like, the longevity of this film. Yeah but also how still like it's so terrifying yeah
0: i mean and look i know that you said that like the music for you is like one of the best things about the movie for me it's the character of jack Mm -hmm. like and jack nicholson's acting as jack torrance is one i think in my opinion is some of the greatest acting ever put to screen Mm -hmm. i mean you have jack nicholson's facial expressions in this movie and the, the the long stares mm-hmm. that he does and and the eyebrows and and just it's so good like yeah. you cannot you can't deny Jack Nicholson's abilities in this fucking movie like his look Jack Nicholson could have is kind of like a much better Nicholas Cage. <laughs> I knew you were gonna <laughs> say that. Like, because it's Nick, true. People go like, "Oh, like Nicholas Cage is going full Nicholas Cage," mm-hmm. and it's usually like comedic. Like, like it's so over the top that it's comedic. Jack Nicholson has a way of going so over the top, but it's it's fucking scary.
1: Yes. I mean, and this was the point too, like 1980, where he was still the man. Oh yeah, Jack Nicholson
0: for me is always going to be the man. Yeah. Like,
1: oh, well, <laughs> when he started doing the comedy movies. Yeah. Well, you know,
0: but he's still the man. Yeah. Like, it's but, like kind of like what? Oh, what's his name? Um, De Niro. Oh yeah. And like <laughs> Meet right, the Fockers. Yeah. It's like all right. Like you're you're making stilly movies, but you're still fucking De Niro. Mm-hmm. Like.
1: <laughs> but that's the thing too is like even so, you look at like some of the best performances out of Nicholson. You have this. You have One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. You have him as the Joker. Yeah. Like,
0: just pulling that Yeah, and although that's out. not, like, the greatest movie. No. His his, his performance. Oh, it's so good.
1: It... Man, I want to dance the devil in pale moonlight. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Um I mean Jack Nicholson in this fit in in The Shining is absolutely phenomenal and you cannot like you, if if there's anything that you can't like that like I understand like all right, yeah, maybe Stephen King doesn't love the movie, mm-hmm. but even he has to admit that, that that his interpretation of Jack Torrance is truly like terrifying.
1: Is there anything that you don't like about this film? No. <laughs> honestly, on,
0: honestly, no, like I, 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 maybe it's because I'm like, I just love it so much. And mm-hmm. I love Kubrick so much that I like will, I refuse to see any flaws mm-hmm. maybe, but I feel like I'm usually like pretty open to like that. And like, I, I, I can tell like Tarantino my favorite director and I can tell you like, I didn't the love this. I didn't, I didn't love this mm-hmm. or whatever it was. Um, But no, I, I pretty much love this entire film from start to finish. Mm-hmm.
1: I will agree with you
0: yeah I think that I is, mean, I think it's kind of a flawless movie.
1: The only thing that I was kind of just like and and this time, like really picking it apart, like I kind of noticed I was like it's not it's not a continuity error. It's not like a negative to it. It was just like a weird idea mm-hmm. for it was the whole thing of Halloran like calling and nobody answering. And then jumping on a plane from Florida to Colorado. Well, I, I, I
0: would think that it's because Danny can, like, talk to him. Yeah. Danny's talking to him and telling him, like, what's going on.
1: No, no, I, I understand that. I just think that it's weird that he would do that.
0: Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> I mean, right. in a yeah, sense, you, know, you just needed, like, one, one actual death.
0: I guess, yeah. And he, his hollering, like, man, I love that scene, though, when he fucking shows up and gets the axe to his chest. Mm-hmm. It's... It's so good. It's
1: so unexpected and that would really be like the one jump scare of the film.
0: Yeah, and it's not a jump scare. It's not yeah. like it's not like again, it's not like the music is like like really super loud right when like Jack pops out or anything. It's very much like just a masterful way of doing it, mm-hmm. you know? And then I mean, when Jack really starts going insane, oh and it's and, a month and one week before he goes fully yeah. insane. <laughs> and when he's like, like gone full blown, like here's Johnny mm-hmm. and limping and chasing and, and getting knocked down the stairs by Shelly oh. Duvall when she hits him over the head. And then him, you know, with the whole, like I'll huff and I'll puff and I'll blow <laughs> the house down. Like, oh my God. I'm literally getting chills right now talking about it because I it's so good. Mm-hmm. And G- oh, Jack Nicholson's performance, and when he goes full blown Jack Nicholson in this movie, I mean, when he starts axing down the door and like fucking Danny's, oh. r- and they're, they're you know they're in the bathroom and she lets him out the window and and all that, I mean, it's just truly masterful. And the maze, when they get inside the maze, mm-hmm. oh oh, Danny, I have an erection right
1: <laughs> now. <huh? laughs> I will say, Danny's incredibly smart for what he did. Yeah. Of, like, hiding the footprints. Yeah,
0: not, like, not stupid character. There's, you know, there, there's, mm-hmm. like, the, the uh, you know, the stereotypical horror movie movies where characters just make dumb decisions mm-hmm. and you're just like, oh, my God, this is, like, fucking stupid. Like, why would you do such a thing? And Danny is very, very intelligent.
1: Yeah. Much like Samuel in the last episode. Like, yeah. very, very intelligent kids. Mm-hmm. And for these movies, like, you need that. Like, yeah. Like I said, like, when you have a small-knit cast, Mm -hmm. you really got to make sure that the characters know what they're doing. Yeah. And I think Danny did, like, a really great job in this. Not only, like, the actor himself. Yeah. Like, really sustaining over this time period of, like, you know, he, he really held it down of, like, what it is to be, like, a scared child in this hotel. Yeah. But also, like, the character himself really thinking... About what he's going to do next. Mm -hmm. Not just being like, oh, I'm a kid. Let me just, like, run down the hall. No, he actually, like, hid inside, like, the cabinet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then got out at the right time. And then the footprint thing. Like, he really knew what he was doing. Yeah. And then Jack's death. Ooh. What a great fucking facial expression. Yes. <laughs> just stuck on it where it's like, you can see, even in death, the anger and hatred. <laughs> like, literally, you could just... Exactly. That was
0: exactly what I was going to say. Even in death, he's just
1: so pissed. <laughs> he's just like, I just want to murder my family. <laughs> Yeah. why is it so hard to kill two people i killed one guy why can't i kill yeah, two more
0: exactly it's so good <laughs> um and then of course the the very the famous last shot yes. of jack in the in the picture frame yes. and people i don't know man like people we, are we like oh it. it's not jack it's a doppelganger oh it's not zach uh it's not yeah, it's not me it's not <laughs> zach it's no no it's not jack it's you know whatever like no like i i don't believe i fully believe that it's jack and kind of like what what you've yeah. always said is, like, the hotel makes it part of him. Yes. Because like, although, you know, look, there are theories that can, like, you can say, oh, it, that isn't really Jack. Th- this is, like, a reincarnation of Jack because...
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, because of the Grady thing and, like, all of that.
0: Yeah, like, you know, you've been here all the time. You've always been the caretaker. Blah, 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 blah. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't think that it's a reincarnation. I, I personally don't. I just think that... The hotel is telling him all of this stuff Mm -hmm. to make him go crazy and to make him descend into madness even more. Mm -hmm. And then I think that before the film even starts, Jack is already a part of this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like
1: in some way, shape or form, he's already, he's already
0: been there and, and, kind of like in, you know, with like a nonlinear, like timeline, Mm -hmm. like this has all happened already. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: So he I mean is, that's where I stand with it. Yeah, he's bound to the hotel in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, and whether that be like his soul or whether that be like he's been there before. Like, yeah, I mean we're never gonna. I mean get, he like, says
0: it though. He's, he he literally comes out and says like I feel like I've been here before. Yes. I feel like I like you know I I know these hallways kind of you know it's like
1: even with Lloyd like saying like hey it's nice to see you again yeah Lloyd. I mean it's like it's how nice does he to know, see you again how does he know Lloyd's name yeah like you know what I he mean he never said it
0: right so like there's all of these things that are like you know pointing in that direction of like Jack has just been here already like mm. again and I think it just has to do with like the super na- the supernatural aspect of it you have to give yourself to that po- like to that point of it where it's like Jack. it's just non-linear like the timeline isn't isn't linear yeah so it's not like he arrived and then and then you just go through the motions and now okay now it's the end like no 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 like he's already been here Mm -hmm. and this is all already happened this was inevitable this was going to happen no matter what and then you have you know that great shot of him at the in the gold room mm-hmm. back in 1921. yeah. Fourth of July yeah and and you have that great shot of him smiling and, and he's got and he's holding the glass and he's you know he's in, in the like the uh, the tuxedo and all that I mean what a fucking perfect ending yeah
1: it's just because per- even if you ended it on like his frozen face but like this was the cherry on top of yeah. the whipped cream on top of the seven scoops of ice cream <laughs> yeah <laughs> inside a rainbow sprinkle bowl. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, this movie is truly I think one of the greatest horror films ever made. Absolutely. And I I it, it might be my favorite. It's for me it's like top
1: 3. Mm-hmm. Like there's no way that The Shining ever. can't be like in the top 10 of anybody's. Yeah. I mean, that like truly has seen it and truly watched it. Yeah.
0: Um so yeah, I mean, Kubrick
1: incredible. Yep. Frank Yes, Zach. What would you like to recommend? Um, all right, so
0: we're getting into the colder seasons in New York here, and Uh-oh. I'm very, very excited about it. Long uh, Johns.
1: And <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love, I love Long Johns. I wear them to bed. I wear them out. I wear them during sex. Mm-hmm. It good. <laughs> uh,
0: now that we're getting into the colder seasons, um, and... I myself, you you know this about me I pretty much only wear boots mm-hmm. Like all year round um, Summer, I, it, it started when I started When I was uh, in high school And I was doing like construction jobs Like I would just wear boots because I had to And then I was like, alright, well I just now wear boots All year round um, And for me, I think that Everybody should invest in one. In, uh, you should have one high quality Pair of boots mm-hmm. um, And for me I think the best of the best are Red Wings, the brand made in the US of A and, uh, and they tell by the name <laughs> and just straight up. Like if you're going to get one pair of boots for the winter season, I think that it should absolutely be a pair of Red Wings. They will literally last you a lifetime and it's a, It's like one of those boots where if something, you know, if, if the heel starts getting worn down and whatnot, you can send it in, they'll replace it. It's not like a, it's not one of those pair of boots that, that, okay, these are done. I'm just going to throw these away. Mm -hmm. It's very much like you, you, they mold to your feet because they're made out of real leather. And, and once you break them in and they're, and they become really comfortable, like. There's just no other boots like them.
1: That's great for you too since you have flat feet. Yeah. So it's like they they give you that support. Yeah, exactly.
0: Um dude, don't tell people about my flat feet. Oh, That's sorry. not cool, man. <laughs> I have I don't have flat feet. I I, I my I have round feet.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I have triangular feet. I have the opposite. I have too much support. <laughs> <laughs> um so
0: yeah that's what i recommend I, I highly recommend uh red wings if you have either their moc toe or the iron rangers the iron rangers will run you you know they're definitely like a little bit more expensive they're probably they, i think they run about 300 bucks but i but it's literally going to be you, you're going to buy them and you're never going to have to buy another pair of boots ever again okay um so highly highly recommend red
1: wings zach Frank- what movie are we going to be doing next So, up next, we are going to be doing the best, in my interpretation, the best example. I'm going to hate this. (laughs) The best example, or one of the best examples of practical effects. And that is going to be... Guillermo
0: del Toro's. (laughs) No. Okay. (laughs) An
1: American Werewolf in London.
0: Yes. It's... Yeah. (laughs)
1: Yeah. It is, in my opinion, the best practical effect and also just the best in general werewolf transformation yeah well yeah everybody yeah yeah (laughs) everybody (laughs) agrees um all right awesome great cool zachary please 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 take us out all right guys thank you for listening now frank here's johnny